This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. It's another Sunday and you're listening to A Sunday Kind of Love. I'm Maya Tan and Tasha Fusil is here with me with things you can look forward to in the week ahead. I think we've hit a bit of a slump in the year with all the big celebrations out of the way. Raya's loved and left us. And all the Mudeka flag waving's done. There's not a crumb left anywhere of BFM's 6th birthday cake. But what we do have is today. And you know what? There are a few things you can do yet to perk up and get going again. He fills me up. He gives me love. More love than I ever need. He's all I got. He's all I got in this world. And he's all the man that I need. Oh. That's right, lovers. Sheila is back, and it's one of the best ways I know to jumpstart your week, beginning with a lot of laughter and love tonight. And Tasha and I have a few more things yet to tickle your fancy, uh, with fashion, festivals, and froth being the operative words. And then I recommend you stay tuned as Couch Potato Na'amurad, fresh off the boat from Ireland, well, okay, so not exactly a boat, uh, tells us why normal doesn't appeal to us anymore and why this guy has become the hero of the day. I got one plan and that plan requires a freaking Quarnix battery, so figure it out! And then to balance things out, Tasha investigates the hacks that she would deploy to get organised. Ah, as if! The third item, nail polish. You can use nail polish to colour coat your keys by painting the handles. So you'll know which key is for which door. You never have to like try every key in the bunch and be like, nope, not the one, not the one, not the one. But first things first, we promised you fashion, festivals and froth. So, Edwin Sumun, or better known as Sheila, is the vivacious vixen that tells it like it is and has fun while doing it. And this time Sheila is back with a show called National Treat, or Threat, depending on how you look at it. Here's how Sheila describes it. A Sheila show is like your birthday, it comes once a year. It takes me all year and I do what you call observational, situational comedy. So I have to watch and see what's happening around us, then my comedy comes up. I want to talk about what's going on in our, our, our nation of, of wonderful individuals who have suddenly gone a bit cuckoo like that. Ah. Music, yes, of course being played by the wonderful Nishtam, my music director for the last I don't know how many years already. <laughs> also like, you know, award nominated but she not win yet. Poor thing Nishtam, you better win next year, you know. But we all won the award for the show last year anyway. And tonight's actually the last chance for you to catch Sheila in action. So head to www.klpack.org to get your tickets. There's a show at 8.30pm tonight. So uh, don't miss out on it. And uh, go get a dose of Sheila. I bet she's going to perk you up. And uh, it'll be a nice way to start off the week, I think. Um, you mm-hmm. know, beat the Monday blues on Sunday night itself. Mm-hmm. And if you feel like your child has a flair for the arts, you can check out Infinity Academy's workshop titled Schools Out, Musicals In. It's a music theatre boot camp that's open to anyone aged between 10 and 20 who wants to learn the art of song and dance. Mm. It'll be three weekends of intensive training and starts from the 13th of September. And ooh, and the best students from the workshop will have a chance to audition for a real-life production at the end of the year. So have a look at facebook.com slash infinityacademy for all the details. And that's infinity spelt a really special way. E-N-F-I. 
I-N-I-T-I. Yes, so many of you may already be familiar with Infinity. It's mm-hmm. um, it's headed by Tiara Jacqueline. Um, so, you know, she lends a lot of her experience and she definitely does meet with all the students from the Musical Theatre Boot Camp. Um, she had one called the Star Makers Boot Camp and I was a part of that mm. a few years ago. And really, they do whip your ass into shape for performances. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also seen the performances coming out of the Musical Theatre Boot Camp with students. And really, they're quite professional, okay. you know. Um, the end concert was really quite impressive Um, and also Joanna Bessie is the program director Mm -hmm. and of course Joanna Bessie has had a lot of years of experience in theatre in acting you can bet you'll get your money's worth (laughs) and then next up we love shopping we love things that are made in Italy so we're going to want to check out 60 Years of Made in Italy an exhibition that's taking place at level 2 in Pavilion Centre Court it's a travelling exhibition that's made its way from Rome to Mexico to Washington and now yay it's in its first Asian country Malaysia woohoo <laughs> so it's a showcase of 30 masterpieces from various Italian collections around the world the most recognisable piece would likely be that Versace jungle dress that JLo wore to the Grammys back in 2000 the one where it's like plunging it's down to there slit all the way down there <laughs> <laughs> um, and you can also expect to see a showcase of the usual Italian suspects we've got the Pradas Fendi Pucci, Gucci, as well as uh, handcrafted artisanal pieces like a dress that's composed entirely of mosaic pieces. Ooh, I can't wait. Mm. 60 Years of Made in Italy will be on display until the 14th, which is next Sunday. And that's not all that's happening in Pavilion on that weekend. Kaki Sini's annual International Arts Festival launches on the 12th and it's going to be a five it's going to be five days of theatre performances and cultural performances that celebrate music, dance and art. And there are going to be workshops as well. An interesting one to note is the Secret Life of Objects workshop where each participant has to create a short performance based on an item that they've brought from home. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So some, uh, an opportunity to explore abstract ideas and concepts into movement, I suppose. Yeah, so the whole idea is to learn how how to bring objects to life using uh, using objects to find the drama and content for a performance. Nice way to lose yourself. <laughs> and to find meaning into the objects that you have at home that you never really thought about. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of festivals, we've got two more happening. The first is Japan Foundation KL's Japanese Film Festival. It's their 11th edition and it's going to be held at selected GSC venues across Malaysia. So specifically, they'll only be playing at GSC Mid-Valley, GSC Pavilion and GSC Wanutama starting on the 11th of September. And this year, they're going to take it all the way up to Georgetown and across to Kuching and Kota Kinabalu as well. So um, if you're a big fan of Japanese films, you can expect a variety of titles from dramas to comedies, movies that have made the rounds in the likes of Cannes, Berlin, Venice and New York. There are a couple that I think I'd like to catch. Yuki Tanada's Exploration of Grief and Loss in Morning Recipe boasts an award-winning cast and also won the Venice Film Festival Marco Mastroianni Award. Mm. Uh, There's another one that I think we should catch, Tasha. Mm -hmm. It's Mikako Ichikawa. Uh, She received the prestigious Silver St. George Award in 2002. She plays a kooky woman who leases out her cats as companions to lonely people in Rent-A-Cat. Oh my god, that's our life. (laughs) I know, I wonder if we should rent our cats out and make them earn their fancy feast, you know. Exactly, I think we would actually make quite a penny. (laughs) (laughs) And one of the largest crowd pleasers would be Hirozaku Korida's 
Cannes Jury Prize winning movie like Father Like Son uh, and also the new Studio Ghibli animated Ooh. film that we've been waiting for ah. Hayao Miyazaki's The Wind Rises I don't know if you're a Studio Ghibli fan um, My Neighbor Totoro I've heard that this is going to be the last one that Studio Ghibli mm. is coming out with or Miyazaki I'm not sure so definitely one to catch um, well who knows if it's the last one mm. they might just like you know yeah come back again some, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we also have the Freedom Film Festival which kicked off yesterday at PJ Live Arts in Jaiwan it takes place over nine days ending on the 13th of September and it's going to feature 37 documentaries from around the world uh, featuring well focusing on human rights and the democratic spirit this year's theme is freedom a theme that differs from situation to situation and country to country so some of the documentaries that will be debuting at the festival include Untouchable Children of God which is a story about human trafficking looking at the lives of young girls who are smuggled from Nepal to work at brothels in India to Singapore with Love, another one, is a documentary that examines the past and present lives of key Singaporean exiles who left in the 60s to escape detention. <laughs> and then there'll also be three entries from Malaysia, so we should definitely check out their website, freedomfilmfest.comas.org, for a full list of the films that will be showcased. And if you like your coffee, there's a new coffee joint in town. Although coffee joints are becoming as common a site as a 7-Eleven or Mama, it's great when we come across one that's a little bit different. RGB at the Beanhive is located in a white bungalow on Jalan Damai off Jalan Ampang. So RGB stands for Rather Good Beans and it's run by the folks behind Raw Coffee. Oh, I know the owner, yeah. Marcus, Marcus Chan. Okay, cool. Yeah. You should go and visit. Okay. <laughs> What's great about this place is that there are actually no signboards to tell you that there's a cafe or a micro-roastery set up inside. So when you step in, the first thing you'll notice is how it doesn't look anything like the industrial and steel-looking cafes that we're, that we're accustomed to seeing in KL. Ooh, uh, so it's a bit like a speakeasy concept where, you know, the entrance is rather hidden yeah. and only those who are in the know, yeah, you know get to experience it. Hidden mm. gem, yeah. Although I found it on Eat, Drink It. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's no secret then. Um, so it's just white walls and clusters of colourful and comfy chairs. The menu, which is entirely vegetarian, might make this a no-go for meat lovers. But give it a try if things like tempeh, lettuce and tomato wraps in coconut oil or eggplant pesto pasta sound good to you. Mm, yeah, I think I'll definitely give it a try. Mm. I'm always looking for places where you can get refreshing light food like that. And it, they sound tasty and they have gluten-free brownies as well which look dense and yummy even though they're gluten-free. And for the bookworms, there are shelves of books for you to tuck into. So all in all, I think it looks like an awesome new addition to our lepak-loving city and I'm looking forward to checking it out. Yeah, um, speaking of places like this, um, there's a another one called Urbine. Okay. It's in Avenue K on the lower ground floor, I believe. And they also serve some healthy superfoods. So you can get like a vegetarian burger, you know, with quinoa and hummus. Uh, you can get a healthy vegetarian soup. And then they also have a bunch of healthy cakes that actually taste yummy. Okay. So, you know, guilt-free and the coffee is great too. So that's another place, um, Urbine and Avenue K. And then, um, of course, since you're there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, since you're there, after you've checked out Urbine, you might as well pop down to Uniqlo uh, because Ines de la Fressange has launched uh, another collaboration with Uniqlo. This is an autumn winter collection. And of course, uh, Ines was Karl Lagerfeld's muse for Chanel back in the 80s. And till today, you know, she's the poster girl for Parisian chic. That effortless edge to her style is very much present uh, in the spirit of this collection as it was in the last spring-summer one. Uh, lots of luxe, casual 
pieces that are lightly tailored in boyish silhouettes I like. Um, <laughs> since it's a winter collection, you'll see a lot of puffies and there are more hard, hardy materials like wool and cashmere. But we can already picture ourselves in a few of the denim pieces and the printed cotton blouses with lots of little quirky accents. Yeah, the detailing is awesome. I love the detailing here. And, and actually speaking of um, collaborations, I think H&M has got a collaboration with Liberty at the moment. They've mm. got um, nice printed shirts, but they're more for men. Right. But still, I think worth a look. Girls can always rock that oversized uh, men's shirt look. Yes, I'm yeah. really into that boyfriend look mm. right now. You know, whether they're plain white shirts or mm. or Liberty would would mean lots of florals. Lots of like floral prints. Yeah, yeah. and then, you know, a pair of boyfriend jeans yes. and you're set. We're done. <laughs> And in a bit, we're going to find out why a raccoon is my hero of the day with Na'am Murad, our resident couch potato. But before we go, here's a song to add a bit of bang into your Sunday. Boom Clap by Charlie XCX. This is a Sunday kind of love. Don't go away. We're coming back on BFM 89.9. Your picture-perfect blue Someday the moon like a drug under your influence it's hit me It's a Sunday kind of love, Maya Tan here, and I hope you're having a chill kind of Sunday. And if you're planning to check out a film or book or listen to some tunes, uh, Na'am Murad, one of our resident couch potatoes, is here to tell us why I think this guy is like my new hero. There's a Quarnix battery behind it, purplish box, green wires. To get into that watchtower, I definitely need it. How are we supposed to do that? Well, supposedly these bald bodies find you attractive, so maybe you can work out some sort of trade. You must be joking. No, I've really heard they find you attractive. Look, it's 20 feet up in the air, and it's in the middle of the most heavily guarded part of the prison. It's impossible to get up there without being seen. I got one plan, and that plan requires a freaking Quarnix battery, so figure it out! Can I get back to it? Thanks. I just love the name Couch Potato. It just says something to me because a lot of um, because you do a lot of couching with potatoes. I am, yeah, I'm such a Couch Potato. Yeah. So it's a bit of a, a slump in the couch, if you will. Yeah, it's uh, the, the summer movies are all playing themselves out. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, there's television, which which now does not follow seasons anymore. So there's always a new TV show coming out. But you know, it, there's just so many shows um, happening at any given time. It's so difficult to watch everything. Totally, totally. No matter how you watch it, whether, you know, Mm. you you, um, watch it on regular TV, you download it or whatever. Right. So what's on your radar? Well, basically, (laughs) I need to get rid of this jet lag that's been haunting me Mm -hmm. for more than a week. You're just showing off that you've, you know, been jet setting around (laughs) Ireland, the United Kingdom. It's it's been the last, before this, I have not travelled for years. It was just such a... Such a shock to my body and to my system to actually be anywhere further than Penang, you know, in the last five six that years. That sounds like my life. Yeah, yeah. My body just could not take the fact that you know I was 
that far away from tanah air that you know i'm still suffering jet lag i think if you if you force me to go to america at this point with a 24 hour time difference i'd probably become a nocturnal animal and never get out of it but perhaps we could capture you know what you felt when you came back from ireland after that shock to your body of <laughs> being so far away from the tanah air uh, this is yeah did was there any chinta that was lahit the moment i came back well no i for one thing it was such a short trip that it was like waking up from a waking up from a very nice dream back to you know the haze it was quite bad when i got back it was still very hot and i would say the mood in kl wasn't actually all that up it was you know what with mh17 and what was happening in gaza True. it was um i would say it was almost returning to to a very depressed city a downbeat feel to everything to everyone mm-hmm. um and now i'm used to it so you know i'm i'm back in it it's just um I think the zeitgeist right now is with with everything that's happening in politics and uh you know the water problems that are coming up and everything I think people are just uh it's it's a tough time to be a KLite mm-hmm, right or, or to be a citizen of the world maybe So thank goodness for our cultures and the fact that we can on a weekend indulge in a little bit of entertainment yeah. um what's on your radar Oh which is what you asked me but like 10 minutes ago yes. really, my radar is um well actually my radar is kind of um going off what um what we would call the mainstream right now because as 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 we said earlier you know all the big summer movies are, are playing out and everything and um mainstream is kind of boring so so yeah I'm I'm looking at other things I mean like uh Okay, I could say again that um, I'm sure everybody who's been on Couch Potato for the past couple of weeks have, you know, said how how they hated Transformers Four and and uh, how they're not looking forward to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And you know, I I would like to just add my five cents worth and say, please don't give any more money to Michael Bay. <laughs> just just let him, you know, he's got billions. Let him just. Retire gracefully, and maybe something nicer will fill that vacuum. <laughs> But then, of course, at the same time, I can add to the chorus of approval for Guardians of the Galaxy, which is mm-hmm. so much fun. It's unbelievably silly. Mm-hmm. I've always liked Peter Gunn, uh, James Gunn, sorry, the director. Um, except for his other stuff, is very low budget and, and a bit gruesome. But but you know, he has a great sense of humor. What was the best? Well, what was the best thing you liked about it? The best thing I liked about it is is that. The heroes were unrecognizable. You didn't have this, these um, uh, expectation that oh, Captain America has to be as part of the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. You kind of know who these these iconic characters are. Mm-hmm. Um, with this one, it's like <laughs> who's this walking tree? Who's this um, raccoon? Um, you know, you you didn't know what to expect from any of them, mm-hmm. and he. Took an advantage to make them then more likable by being more dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. They were very, very silly people. They were all losers who just happened to be able to kick butt. <laughs> I think it uh, says a lot about the state of our time right now. The fact that all these superhero and mutant superhero movies <laughs> are coming out as well. Yeah, maybe it's maybe it's um, people are celebrating dysfunction. I mean, it's like um, what's it, is it Showtime that for the past 10 years, like everything about every character in the, like Weeds and um, Californication and um, Dexter, 
every character in that on that particular TV channel, I think I'm talking about Showtime. Everybody was dysfunctional, mm-hmm. either a serial killer or somebody who had multiple personalities, like United States of Tara. I think um, we are getting tired of of celebrating perfect people, perfect heroes, and we want to celebrate imperfect people who manage to succeed up to a point. Mm-hmm. That that's much closer to how we see ourselves. Mm-hmm. But it's also mm-hmm. about redemption, isn't it? These heroes have to save something. Fight for something. Right, have to have to have a focus. Have to have to band together. Have to have um, to to have a higher focus than themselves. Right. Um, in order to to redeem themselves a little bit. Yeah, mm. I think we all need to do that. Yeah. Talking about TV, you mentioned that there are so many shows on right now that it's hard to keep up. But mm, uh, what are the shows that really resonate with you, and um, you know who have upcoming seasons that you're looking forward to? Well, um, the most impressive new show I've seen is. True Detective, yes, which um, uh, gritty mm, and too real, yeah, for words. almost too real. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you took the words right out of my mouth. It's like there are episodes where it's just the minutia of the investigation. It's almost boring, and the, the characters in the beginning, in the first couple of episodes, the characters are almost so real. You're like, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. But it, sl- it slowly unravels. There are some episodes which have nothing to do with the investigation at all and it's just about the minutia of their lives and I find that a very, very unique um, perspective to, to, to look at uh, a TV show rather than trying, it, trying to be balanced. Right? Okay, this episode has to have a little bit of their love life, a little bit of the investigation. This one is like, no, we're going to surprise you. We're going to have one episode where it's all about how terrible their, their lives are. That's mm-hmm. it. You mm-hmm. know? Yes. And you're wondering what, what happened to the murder. It does not matter. It all links up. It all, it all links, links up. up. Yeah. It certainly is something that you can afford to binge watch uh, when the DVD set comes out. And I'm really sad to say that we won't be seeing, we will most likely not be seeing Woody Harrelson. Well, Woody Harrelson's coming back, I think. But we're saying bye-bye to Matthew McConaughey. Oh, is it? Is that how they've decided to cast it? Yes, there where so many each rumors. season will have a totally different story. Mm-hmm. But we can look forward to a rumoured Brad Pitt uh, coming on to star in season two. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. There yeah. have been so many rumors. Um, there was one rumor that it was two women. There was one rumor that it will be the same two guys plus. But I, I don't know which to believe now. I think they're just playing the cards really close to their chest. They are. They are. But I believe Woody Harrelson's going to stay on. And uh, I've read at least three reports that say that Brad Pitt has been slated for season two. So wow. that's something to look forward okay. to. On my radar also right now is, I would say, animation. I mean, animation has been something which I've been kind of working in the periphery of. And um, I've learned to appreciate animation in its various, you know... Um, Forms. In, yeah, yeah, incarnations. Um, aside from being slightly disappointed with Pixar, um, there's this one company which I've been communicating with on, on Twitter. And they did a film called um, The Secret of Kells back mm. in 2011 or 2010 and they w- were nominated for Best Animated Picture mm-hmm. and they have another film coming out soon called Song of the Sea it's very easy to remember Song of the Sea you can you can YouTube the, the trailer for it I hope it comes here um, at least the, the original DVD should come and it's worth getting because they they straddle the line of like traditional 2D animation but with the kind of with that look and that, that kind of um, richness of 3D uh, with with storytelling, which kind of straddles um, old school Disney, but with with just because they're they're from Ireland and basically they they have a touch of 
of Japanese anime in there where you, it's not a rushed style of storytelling. It's not where, a rush. Yes, if, yeah. if uh, The Secret of Kells is any indication. Yeah. And the artwork for that time, I, I believe, um, it had a very stylized quality to it, but Be- it was beautiful to watch. Because it was about one of those illuminated tomes. So so, mm-hmm. so the um, uh, we, uh, the Book of Kells does exist. So it had that feel, almost like you were watching the, the illuminations at the edges of, a, of, a, of an old book. They, they, they use that kind of style. So And, and like, like we said, it's more like the Japanese style of filmmaking, whereas um, in Hollywood, even with Pixar, within within five ten minutes, a lot of things have to happen. You got to have, uh, you have to have four songs like Frozen. It's like within ten minutes, they were already like a dozen songs, right? But but um, it's like a more um, immersive style of storytelling, and I think Cartoon Saloon would be something you wanna look out for. Um, also, Miyazaki has a new movie, um, Hayao Miyazaki of Studio Ghibli. There's a new <laughs> movie called The Wind Rises or The Rising Wind. Yes. Which is his first historical film. And it's uh, all his other films have had some element of fantasy in it. This one is about the the life of the guy who who created planes apparently, and and it may sound uh, the guy who created the the Mitsubishi Zero or whatever. And you might think like this guy created war planes, but his story is not about war. It's about a dreamer who mm-hmm. who who just wanted to fly, who wanted to create something to fly. But um, and the trailer is also out for that one. It's quite it's quite beautiful. Yeah, you can look at the yes. trailer, and it's also more about people living during times of change. Basically, mm-hmm. um, it deals with a with an earthquake that happened before the war and the war and what happened after the war. So, um, yeah, it's 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 interesting to see how Miyazaki deals with a completely historical. Thing. Any idea when that is coming out? Out already, but it won't come here. You can get the original DVD soon. It's already out on Blu-ray, which is kind of weird. I mean, they expect people hmm. to buy Blu-ray first. The perhaps we could look out for it on iTunes. Yeah, on iTunes, or maybe in a, in a while the ori- the you know, normal DVD nine should be. Available, but uh, you know, with animation, you always should try to watch it on the big screen. Totally. You know, especially these guys—they do such beautiful work. It's mm. such a shame to just watch it on your, you know, no matter how big your TV is, it's not going to be the same. Are you reading anything exciting? Actually, right now I'm reading something really old. But on um, to get back to the whole thing about non-mainstream, my radar being of the mainstream, um, I thought I'd recommend. While I was away, I managed to find a book by. Uh, Jonathan Carroll, who is this writer who, who basically every three years or so I find one of his books mm. just by sheer chance. And uh, this time I was in this, uh, the, the, the den, the heaven for geeks in, the, in London is this place called Forbidden Planet where you can get, you can get anything to do with, with you know, ge- geekdom. I've been dying to go back to Forbidden Planet. Oh, it's a horrible place because when I go there, I really cannot think of what to buy. I get <laughs> overwhelmed. I see all the sonic screwdrivers from Doctor Who and I'm like, which one should I get for myself? <laughs> and I'm like, I can't make up my mind. And I go down and I look at the DVDs they have and I can't make up my mind. It's, it's like, you know what the, you know the French say, esprit d'escalier. It's like you get, you get inspired when you're on the stairs mm-hmm. me it's like it's almost like that too I'm already like on the plane flying back or a couple of days later, then oh I should have looked for that I should have looked for this and you know so when I was there I only got a Jonathan Carroll book but um, Jonathan yeah, so Jonathan Carroll's been touted to be a writer of magic realism or contemporary fantasy yeah they, they, they've tried to put those labels on him uh, magical realism magical realism was when he first started out because that was the big thing that was what it was there were a lot of Latin writers who were doing that including Isabel Allende people like that mm. and and um, um, then later another genre came up which is contemporary fantasy and urban fantasy what urban fantasy is 
is basically fantasy set in current times in a city. Everything is the way you expect it to be, but then suddenly somebody's a witch, <laughs> however it should. Right. But he really is does not belong to any of these um, labels because he just writes whatever he wants. But yes, the, he, his stories can be so mundane and then the element of the unusual or the supernatural will come in. And when I say supernatural, it's almost like um, a disservice to him because, you know, it's, it's nothing to do with that kind of stuff at all. It's just how strange life can be. Even when he's dealing with a very cosmic situation, mm-hmm. it's very much how, uh, it's more about how the ev- everyday human being would actually react to this mm-hmm. and, and written it in ways which, which are incredibly realistic. The book I got was called the, the Wooden Sea, but he's got incredible books. People should try to start on his first book, which is called The Land of Laughs, right. which has a wonderful premise. I mean, imagine this. I mean, like, um, there's something that we both have read that we like so much called The Unwritten. Mm-hmm. Um, the Unwritten was actually very much influenced by it. It's about this, this, right. this young guy whose father wrote this wonderful book called The Land of Laughs, and it's a, like a classic children's book and his father is long gone and uh, he decides to go back to the town where he grew up and he found that this book that, that he's had to deal with all his life as being the son of this great writer mm. like the characters actually exist in this town okay. and, and it, it, it has that kind of weirdness but mm. but totally in a, in a very unpredictable way uh, his books can't be turned into movies because they do not have that predictable climax or you know um, I see. Uh, or a super exciting third act mm. it, it, it just it just flows in its own way so mm. yeah. incidentally uh, the unwritten for those who are interested it's actually a series of graphic novels by um, Mike, Mike Carey, Carey definitely writer. yes and uh, it's loosely inspired by Harry Potter the Harry Potter books except in this instance it's the Tommy Taylor books yeah. and then the character Tommy realizes Damn, I'm for real, but placed into a realm of his father's books, right? Yeah. His father wrote the Tommy Taylor books. Right, and he was always known as the, the boy who Tommy Taylor was based on. Imagine being the boy that Harry Potter was based on. Mm-hmm. Of course, you become a minor celebrity, mm-hmm. especially if your father has disappeared. Yes. And then you get that, that whole thing about, you know, because I've only read the first three, I think, um, and about how there are a group of writers who have transcended to this point where they actually manipulate reality by their writing, isn't it? Something like that. I mean, they, they, haven't, they haven't played out all the cards yet. You don't know where the story is headed, but it has that kind of, it, it implies that. This is very fun. Mike Carey, by the way, if you, if you like his graphic novels, he also writes this series called the Felix Caster series. Mm. You can Google that. And it's about an alternative London where the supernatural has become an everyday thing. So you have private eyes who are hired to investigate the supernatural for you. I mean, the supernatural has become, it's almost like, you know, if you have your house broken into in real life, your house could be broken into by thieves, you would call the police. Over there, in this alternative London, <laughs> you, you could have vampires haunting your neighborhood or whatever. No. I mean, it's like, it's like, but, but it... it, it <clears throat> Sounds fascinating. Yeah, but it doesn't reach that cosmic thing where, mm-hmm. where you know, like um, it, it, it becomes like it's, it's an everyday thing to, mm-hmm. uh, to, to live beside the supernatural. So it's quite, it's quite fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yep. So, you know, in your travels in Ireland, you mentioned that you listen to this one band a lot and they're friends of uh, Pia, our mutual friend, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if you can get their stuff on the internet, but they're called Arundo and they are... Um, they have a Facebook page. They do. You've, you've checked? Oh, okay, great. Yes, they, they do. They, they do, yeah. I'm sure they do. And How do you spell it? A-R-U-N-D-O. 
Arundo. I don't know what that means. I'm sure it means something. And they do a nice fusion of traditional Irish music mm-hmm. and a little bit of pop in it sometimes. And um, and also when you think about traditional Irish music, it's like it's not really the stuff that that um, you would hear. From you know, like a lot of world music compilations, they do the most. They, okay, these guys have a term which I love. I love this term. It's called paddy whackery, mm-hmm. and paddy whackery means like flogging your Irishness for for the sake of I commercialism. Yeah, paddy, paddy whackery. I wonder you, what the term would be for Malaysians. I don't know. Ahmad Wakri. Mamad Ali Wakri. Roti Chanai Tariki. Yeah, you know? Like like overdoing that identity thing. And they'll even tell me, this song's a bit of Paddy Wakri. And Paddy Wakri would be that song, you know, that song, that sad wailing song about my mother mm. cried when I left for America, New York. You know? Over can, the fields of gold. <laughs> that sting. <laughs> but they don't do that. They um, Actually, a lot of traditional Irish songs are about silly things sometimes. You know, and and about just very normal things, and and if you get get past the 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 accent, you might actually find it very interesting. Is there a song that we can uh, make a graceful exit with? You know, if um, I was asked what's my favorite Irish song, <laughs> my choice was something by the Pogues, which is a punk band, but they did a song called um, "Fairy Tale of New York." I don't know whether you have that or you can play it, but. Um, it's about Christmas in New York but to the Irish mm-hmm. and although Christmas is coming and it's actually past Raya that's the song it's about both celebrating and also making fun of the cliches of of yourself your your culture and festivals mm-hmm. you know so the song is touching and also it's also a bit iconoclastic it kind of makes fun of right because what's life if you can't laugh at yourself every now and then true <laughs> we were talking about it how like so many shows are having you know dysfunction I think yeah people would be much happier we celebrated our dysfunction that we're all not perfect you know instead of taking each other to task about it or feeling super insecure about it we just go like hey what the hell let's laugh about it and love our imperfections yeah. thank you very much Na'a for joining us Okay. so that was Na'a Murad and now you know why I'm in love with a raccoon I think I might like have to look up Raccoons Anonymous or something uh, but if you want to resist the dysfunction and get organised instead Tasha will be back with some hacks so as Na'a recommended here's the Pogues with Fairy Tale in New York it was Christmas Eve babe. Drunk tank. Nah, I'm not playing that song. Here's Hooked on a Feeling by Blue Swede instead, taken from that awesome mix of the soundtrack of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yay! This is the Sunday Kind of Love, BFM 89.9. I can't stop this feeling deep inside of me. Girl, you just don't realize what you do to me. When you hold me in your arms so tight, you let me know everything's alright. You're listening to BFM 89.9. This is a Sunday kind of love and I'm Maya Tan. Okay, time to get organised. With a few nifty hacks, here's Tasha Fusil. This is Life Hacks. I'm Tasha Fusil and today I'm going to take you back in time to the days of instructional radio with modern solutions to living smarter and better. Sometimes when we're stressed and things don't go our way, we can feel a little helpless. 
A pretty common knee-jerk reaction for some people would be to try tidying up the parts of our life that can be controlled. Whether it's reorganizing your wardrobe or spring cleaning your fridge, Mr. Google has tapped into our need for order amidst chaos by dishing out some cool organizational life hacks. So today, I'll go through some of the hacks I would try to do if the urge to get a systematic hit. And in the spirit of BFM's six-year anniversary, which we celebrated this week, yay, happy birthday! I've picked six organizational hacks that only require the use of everyday household objects that you can find in your home. So the first household item, toilet paper rolls. When your toilet paper runs out, don't throw the cardboard roll away. There's a couple of things you can do with these. One, you can use them to neatly store your cords and wires so that they don't get tangled up in a mess. Two, you could grab a few of the rolls, arrange them in a shoebox and voila! You have a stationary holder for all your office or school needs. Item number two are the tabs from your soda cans. So you know when you drink a soda can, you've got to open it, you've got to lift that tab to drink it. So once you're done drinking your soft drink, hold on to those tabs because if you've got limited closet space, you can actually use them to double up your clothing storage. So imagine a soda tab, it's got two holes in it, right? So you loop one of those, one of the holes, through your clothes hanger, then you can use the other hole to hang another hanger. So that way you've got one hanging space, but with two items that you can hang. So that doubles up your storage space and you can use it to create a complete outfit. You can put your top and, your, and the pants that you want to wear to match the top and then you can just grab it and put it on in the morning. The third item, nail polish. You can use nail polish to color coat your keys by painting the handles. So you'll know which key is for which door. You never have to like try every key in the bunch and be like, nope, not the one, not the one, not the one. And I'm not sure if this counts as an organizational hack, but you can use clear polish to waterproof the written address on the letters and parcels that you send out. There's actually heaps of ways to use nail polish, from keeping a tear in your tights from running, to diffusing a really itchy mosquito bite. So this is definitely one of the things that would be good to have around the house. The fourth on the list actually consists of two things masking tape and a sharpie. They're the quickest way to label things around the house and you can remove and throw them away once you don't need them. So I'm always relying on the product packaging to provide the expiry date. But if I labeled the date of purchase on my own fresh produce, I'd be able to track how fresh the food is and how long I've had it. Martha Stewart has these fancy printable labels that you need to print onto sticker paper, but some masking tape and sharpie would work just as well, I think. Number five on the list, photo albums. There is bound to be one or two lying around from back in the day when we actually used to develop photos and keep them in albums. So instead of them sitting in the cupboard, you can actually use them to keep all the spare buttons and thread that come with your new clothes. I mean, technically you could just chuck them all in a shoebox or a drawer, but using a photo album would just make it look really neat and organized. Number six, the last one, shoe hangers. <laughs> if you're not using them for your shoes, then why not use them to keep your household cleaning products? or to store your underwear and socks. Hanging them on the back of a door isn't going to take up any space and you'll be freeing up your drawers for other things like more clothes. You can even use it for easy access to the makeup you use the most. Again, it's a drawer space saver and if you're keeping your makeup in bags, it saves you from having to rummage through to find the things that you need. I might have cheated with this hack because shoe organizers aren't exactly a staple household item, but they're so easy to find that I'm going to include it anyway. So those are my picks for some really simple ways to get organized at home. If you have any comments or suggestions for life hacks you'd like to see, tweet us at BFM Radio and let us know. I'm Tasha Fusil and you've just been life hacked. We've come to the end of a Sunday kind of love with me, Maya Tan, Tasha Fusil and our resident couch potato, Na'a Murad. Tune in next week for more things to look forward to in the week ahead. This is from Eden by Hosier. You've been listening to a Sunday kind of love. This is Maya Tan, BFM 89.9. Thank you.
for listening to this podcast to find more great interviews go to bfm.my or find us on itunes bfm 89.9 the business station